since it began in 1995. I would like to introduce to you an exciting and uniquely Irish performance. Riverdance has been seen by over 25 million people throughout 47 countries across six continents and played to a global television audience of over 3 billion. Now, experience Riverdance as never before as we go on a world tour from China well, I've, uh, finally landed here in Guangzhou. to North America arrived in DC yesterday and back again to our hometown of Dublin. Oh, you're at your own man. Here from the producers. I, mean, I did think it had something special, it had great potential. The creative team. I, I actually hated dancing, that's the truth. And of course, the performers. From a young age, I've always felt that, you know, I will be in Riverdance and I will be a lead dancer. As they give you unique behind-the-scenes access Guys, keep it to up. the past past, present and future of this international phenomenon. This is Riverdance, the podcast. We're like a little I family. I just wasn't happy and I knew things weren't right. Very tired. We're in Cleveland. Oh, came off the phone, she says, they want you to join the trip and go to China. I was so happy and proud to be part of that. I began dancing when I was four years old. Oh, I'm emotional. And I'm just so honoured to be a part Five, of it. Five, six, seven, eight... Hello, I'm Darren Casey, a dancer with Riverdance since 2008, and I'll be taking you on tour around the world, introducing you to the dancers, directors, producers and personalities of the show across this 10-part podcast series. This week, Riverdance is in the Lone Star State of Texas. And, double hop down and, and Jack Quinn brings us his dancer diary on the bus and backstage. Jack Quinn's dancer diary. Plus, I speak to Julian Erskine, executive producer of the show since its very first performance at Eurovision in 1994, about producing 20 years of Riverdance. The show is absolutely accessible for anybody. You're under a lot of pressure on and off the bus in dance back on the bus you couldn't make a living from Irish dancing such a gamble and no one knew what was going to happen people go to Riverdance and they come out with a smile on their face but let's join Jack Quinn en route to Houston Texas where there's mixed emotions in the air I've just arrived back from what can only be described as an incredible incredible show from in the hobby centre here in Houston Texas an amazing crowd, an amazing theatre. A lot bigger than a lot of the theatres we've done over the last two weeks. We're back to the full show, which we haven't haven't done in a while. I really enjoyed Fire Dance this evening, I must say, as well. So I really engaged with Marina, the flamenco dancer. She's absolutely incredible and so experienced as well. You know, she's been in the show for God knows how many years. I signed a lot of autographs. Yeah, took loads of pictures, felt like a bit of a superstar. For, for a few minutes anyways. That's what the, it's a it's a bit of a taster. Into the life of a, a celebrity. But I wouldn't stretch that far. The walk back from the show was amazing. The heat is a huge bonus. That definitely lifts the spirits as well. The walk back reminded me of a summer evening at home. But your luck, I'm in bed now, about to get a nice rest before the bus tomorrow. Another long bus journey takes us closer and closer to the next city, so, but I suppose that's all from me. An incredible weekend in Houston, Texas. 
As Riverdance looks ahead to its 25th anniversary in 2020, it's been a time for looking back as well as forwards. And who better to give us some insights into the early days in its progression than the first producer who has been with us since 1994, Julian Erskine. I haven't seen the show since before Christmas when I was out in China for the opening of the uh, Barrow, Barrow Tour. Company. It's funny, I thought after 22, 23 years of involvement with Riverdance that I would sort of, uh, I wouldn't miss it. But I found myself actually missing the show yeah. and I was really looking forward to seeing it. It was just a pleasure to come out here on uh, on Friday and come and sit in the theatre in a packed auditorium mm-hmm. and just watch the show and um, and to see the show in such great shape and such energy pouring off the stage and such energy pouring back from the audience. Julian, what do you think it is that keeps the people coming in? That's the big question, and you know it's a question I've been asked so many times over the years during press and you know all around the world. Like, what is it that keeps it going? I think there's several things keep it going. I think the um, the phenomenal music mm-hmm. and choreography. I think the extraordinary ability and energy of the dancers. And the show is absolutely accessible for anybody. You yes. don't have to be a dance fan. You don't have to be a ballet fan. You don't have to be a theatre fan. You don't have to be any sort of fan. You can just come and be entertained. As long as you enjoy enjoyment and... Absolutely. Visual. And it is sort of, you know, it's, you know, there's all those big phrases like life-giving and reassuring and assuring and all those things. It is all those things. People go to Riverdance and they come out with a smile on their face. Yeah. And just for two hours, they've been able to put the world to one side and just have a ball. And they come out energised. And I think anything that can do that for you nowadays yeah. is uh, is to be welcomed. Do you find American audiences are different to audiences everywhere else because they hop they hop off their seats? Oh, uh, they and they get it. I think yeah. they really get Riverdance, and there are moments in the show that we all know, and you know we all know work, um, but they work here. And in in other countries, some some of those elements you sort of go over the heads of the audience because they're you know they they may be they may be cultural references or um, just even bits of fun in say numbers like trade and taps where there's a you know that great moment when the tappers send up the Irish dancers. In some parts of the world, that just happens, and you know the audience don't realise what's going on but here they really really get it the, the last three days watching Trade and Taps here particularly yeah. the roof I was just lifted I was on Saturday evening last night and it was an incredible it's fantastic incredible yeah just fantastic Julian the flip side of that we just did a tour a European tour of the Barrow Company last year towards the end of last year houses weren't as mentally packed and you know what what do you think has been done or will be done to address that in the coming future with Riverdance? Well, I think the um you know been been just absolutely truthful about it. I think we probably have been out and about with the show just that little bit too often. It's staggering. Um, Twenty three years is. It, oh, listen, listen. Nobody's complaining, and no. nobody is. Uh, we we are blessed, and we're you know just incredible. You can count the number of shows on one hand that have the longevity of Riverdance. You know, yeah. you're talking about Cats and Les Mis and Phantom. There's only a few shows that mm-hmm. have, and we're up there. We're one of those shows. Uh, I think the um, 
the we are taking the show off the road um at the end of this current shannon tour the plan is to come back with a major reinvention of the show in 2020 which is our 25th anniversary and you're absolutely right we're very aware that you know whereas the tours have been as they say the people who are there loved it but unfortunately at times there weren't enough people there so there's a reality check and it's time to give it a break let the land lie fallow and build up the strength again and then we'll go back out with it coming up to the 25 year big bash that we're going to come back with is there anything from those days that you would bring back that you miss home in the heartland is actually a double bill of a song leading into a number the same as cloud song leads into river dance Bill Whelan wrote a song called Home in the Heartland, which then feeds naturally and organically into Heartland, the dance. And I always loved it. That was a great intro. I thought it was a really clever segue into it. At one stage, I think when we were putting the Boeing company together, we did a lot of cuts and a lot of changes. And in fact, a lot of the voiceovers were also cut down uh, in length. I love the voiceovers. I love their poetry. I mean, they're written as poems. They're written and each one, you know, it sets up or explains the number that that it it precedes. Kuhalan is dead. Our great Kuhalan. He was the sun of morning. He was a fire at night. He was a powerful story. He was lightning in forest. A sudden storm. A short life. And some of them were very beautiful and were longer. And we, again, we, at a certain point when we were working on the show, we cut them down. I think maybe, and of course, it's John McColgan's call, I mean, as the director of the show. But it's time, I think, maybe just to revisit some of those cuts and Mm -hmm. edits and maybe just look at, you know, maybe putting some of those, you know, lovely moments back into the show. But I mean, the main thrust of the work we're doing on the show for the 25th anniversary is the look of it. We're going to revisit the lighting, the set and the projections and i think you know you'd be very foolish to start tampering with the music or the choreography because they're the two key ingredients and they just work so it works but after 25 years you know i think we've got to look at the 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 visual elements of the show and i think we've got to bring them right up to date and present the show in 2020 in a really fresh exciting way the people who know the show will Mm -hmm. sit there and go wow I don't recognize it. This is phenomenal. And people who've never seen the show will go, wow. I don't know if I'd said this to you before, but I had this funny moment where um, for the 20th anniversary, I thought it'd be fun to do a, a sort of call out to dancers in the show, current dancers in the show, and ask them to send photographs of them when Riverdance opened. Right. So we'd obviously Did you get, get any scans back? That's what I'm going to say to you. One, <laughs> one girl sent in a scan. No. Oh, yeah, she was in her mummy's tummy. <laughs> no, she didn't. Yeah, when Riverdance opened. Yeah. So that I, is I thought, incredible. fantastic. Just fantastic. But the fact that we. Um, there are now so many people in the show who were not born yeah. when the show started. And in this company here, I had the great, great pleasure today of seeing the daughter of one of our one of our Russian That's dancers right. now dancing in the show. Katya. Yeah, Katya. And her mother, Anna, came today and I met her. I haven't seen her. She, she finished in the show 10 years ago. 
I saw pictures of her backstage and she was in her shaving costume. I think she was six or seven or something in the pictures. Yeah, that's right. And she's now dancing on the show. And those sort of things, you know, apart from making me feel really old. <laughs> but I just feel there's a fantastic legacy being passed on. And yeah. it's not just in the Irish dance. There's the Russians, yeah, you know. And, that's the, the and that is the great thing about Riverdance. And I know we go on about our weddings. You know, we've had you know, 80-something weddings now. And all those people who would never have met. I mean, you know, you have Russian dancers marrying Irish stage management and you yeah. have you have a Spanish dancer married to an, an African-American an African yeah. tapper. tapper yeah. They would never, ever have met, no. except for this bizarre Irish dance show they met in. And I just think that's an extraordinary thing that Riverdance has done, is brought people together from mm. all around the world and they're starting families. And, you know, and I suppose the, and that is one of the themes of the show, is bringing people together. Nineteen ninety five, the dancers back there they were different. The style of Irish dancing was different. As a producer, not necessarily a dancing eye, would you notice the difference from back then to now? Oh, absolutely. Oh, mm. I mean, and you know, I tell the story, and I mean, it's and it's not in any way pejorative about the you know because the original dancers were, I mean, they were pioneers. They mm-hmm. came into this 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 event that uh, was such a gamble. Yeah. Such a gamble and no one knew what was going to happen and it was fantastic and it was great. But I remember a lot of the dancers came from work into the, you know, they were working, they were in banks and they were in, and some of them were in college and some of them were uh, in school and they would come down to the point, you know, in the evening and they would arrive with their bags of McDonald's, but they'd put on their costumes and they would dance and then into the bar those that were allowed and be a few pints afterwards yeah. and then home and back the next evening with the bag of McDonald's and, because they were coming from work yeah. but things like warming up yeah. cooling down when Riverdance started there was no such thing as a professional oh, Irish yeah, dancer absolutely. you couldn't make a living from Irish dancing no. so all those dancers for the first and actually the big thing was when we decided to go to London we went for 10 days mm-hmm. that was fine all those people took holidays or breaks from their jobs or whatever then we came back to Dublin mm-hmm. and then we went back in October 95 for a run in London that was going to run for months. And that's when people that's had to the make, famous run. And that's when people had to make the decision. Do I give up my job? Do I go with this? Do I not? And that's when we... Did you have many that didn't? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and that's when we recruited probably for the first time professional Irish dancer. Or, yeah. or sorry, not recruited. We invented yeah. a professional Irish dancer because we said, you come with us. And we'll pay you every week and you can do your Irish dancing and there'll be an audience out there who will love you for it. And it suddenly it became a job. Within a year, everybody was full-time working for Riverdance and were professionally involved in what they were doing. The thing about the dancers, though, was apart from becoming full-time dancers the thing that we realised as a management very quickly was that we had a responsibility for health and safety and for just uh, care of of the people who we were now employing so that's when we decided to you know to engage with physios and massage and started we actually produced a book called the Healthy Dancer Handbook I still have a copy of it 
where we produced that. We used to give that to every dancer because yeah. they didn't know what to do. People didn't know what warming up was. People yeah. didn't know what. So we produced a book. With a, we got experts to sort of write it, write it for us, put it together, and that was issued to everybody and how to stay healthy as a dancer. Yeah. So we started that thing, of, and then we made we made the warm up, which people just do now. Yeah. We made that compulsory. Things that were just second nature to us. We you never think that they were created, so to speak, oh, back were, then. And that is probably the biggest single change is to see the cast warming up before the show is just incredible, mm-hmm. and how serious it is, and how dedicated it is, and how much people realise that the fundamental part of being a dancer is being fit and healthy and looking yeah. after your body. Because if you don't, you're not going to be working. On the next episode of Riverdance the Podcast, get ready for some St. Patrick's Day fireworks from Kansas City. Maybe Beth, you just saw Riverdance on St. Patrick's Day. The tap off was absolutely amazing. While I meet with dance captains Louise O'Sullivan, Ellen Bonner, and John Lonergan. Definitely takes a certain type of mentality. Yeah, you have to know your boundaries. We are the people that the cast come to with any kind of issues. You don't want to ever have a cast member feeling self-conscious, not feeling good about themselves. If one person is down, it can bring everyone down. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And join me next time as Riverdance the Podcast brings you on tour.